My car keys, I can have a car, and I can have a car, and I can say I have a car. But if I do not unlock my car and get into my car, or first of all, read the manual, how to operate my vehicle, and once I know how to operate my vehicle when I read the manual, I can go to my car and I can unlock it. While you're standing, you can eat. Stand, you can eat it. But I want you to stand here. Will you eat it? Eat. Don't be shy. I'm demonstrating something. Please, you must eat it. So now when I've got my keys and I go to my car, I have to open my car and I have to put the keys into the ignition. And when I put the keys in the ignition, I have to switch it on. Then you activate the engine. Then I have to do something and I have to put the car in reverse or in first gear to go to the front or reverse. Amen. So now, if I do not unlock my car, according to his manual, that car, I can say I have a car, but it's useless if I don't use it. Correct. But the same thing Christians do. They say they're Christians, but they don't read their manual and they don't unlock the Word of God in their lives. Matthew 14 verse, 24 verse 14 says, Scripture? B. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now listen to me. I've got a friend, and he sits in church here. He says, don't let the fat person teach me how to diet. Amen. But I can tell you now, I cannot teach you something I don't live. Because to me, I have, when I studied the Bible, when I, got, when I met Jesus that day, I was so hungry that I wanted more of him and I wanted to know exactly who I am and what I can do. What are my capabilities? So I started to unlock the Bible. I started to use it as I used my car. Read the manual and I saw what I can do, what is mine, what belongs to me. And I started to apply it in my life and everything in that word works. Amen. Now, if you battle in your life, if you sit with mess in your life, or anything is wrong in your life, just point your finger back to you. You are the result of that. Nobody else. Amen. Because we make wrong choices. Wrong choices has got a result. So every choice has got a price to pay, good or bad. Hallelujah. So what choice do you make in life? Good ones or bad ones? Do you discern or do you just make a choice? I want you please to eat it for me, please. <laughs> Even if just you eat yours. And then when you finish, just put the rest somewhere in the, in the back, okay? It's important that you can understand what I'm saying today because this I'm going to teach you is about finances today. And a lot of people don't know how finances work. And it's actually very easy. I can tell you one key to it. If you're stingy, you might as well walk. Because it's not going to be for you then. Or maybe it's going to be for you to change your mind today. Because lots of people, they've got glue in their hands they take their money out to give and they put it back in their pockets again, glued to their hands. Their hands are closed. They don't want to open. They, they can't receive because their hands are closed. They just keep their money for themselves. And I, want to, I don't want to bother them now further. I want to explain to you something. You can go sit. A fruit. Sit. You can sit. God gave us fruit. Now, it's got... Meat, and it's got a pit. Is that true? So it's got meat outside, and it's got a pit. But people eat this, 
And they take the pit, they spit it out, and they throw it away. But in real life with their finances, when God says, I give you something, they don't sow. Because that pit inside is to sow, to plant, to reap, and harvest further down. And I'm going to get to that, and I'm just giving you this example so that you can understand what I'm saying. Hallelujah. I'll rather have 90% bless than 100% cursed. I do not eat my pit because I love to sow. I love to sow. I love to give. I love to provide. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. That is a fact. But are you a give? Are you a giver? You see, people just want, 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 and they don't look at their neighbors. They don't look at other people to just look at their needs to give to somebody. Look, I'm going to explain to you this day the, the, the principles of giving today so that you can understand. And then if you do apply that in your life, your life will change financially. Hallelujah. And I'm going to start and I'm going to just build a foundation for you with a word so that you can understand what I'm saying, so that you can know why do you need to understand these things and how you must understand it. Hallelujah. We're going to start with Matthew 13 verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and he sat by the sea. A great multitude were gathered together to him. So that he got into the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. Verse 6. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some hundred, Fold, some 60, some 30. He who has to hear, to hear, let him hear. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, I want, I want to hear. Amen. The purpose of parables, verse 10. And then the disciples came to him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, it has not been given. Now that mysteries, according to the dictionary, it says, the Webster dictionary says, mysteries, something not understood or beyond understanding. A religious truth that one can know only by revelation and can fully understand. Hallelujah. Verse 12. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And you have abundance, but whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear. Nor do they understand. I always say to people, knowledge that you don't understand don't belong to you. Because knowledge that you know and understand, you can use with wisdom. Hallelujah. And in them, verse 14, the prophecy of Isaiah was fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of these people have grown dull, their ears a heart of hearing. Hallelujah. And the eyes they have closed, lest 
they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I could heal them. Meaning, to accept the gospel of the kingdom and to be born again. That's the only time you can understand the gospel, the Bible. Hallelujah. Blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. For surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see. And to hear what you hear and did not hear. Hallelujah. So the gospel has been opened for you by revelation when you read it via the Holy Spirit. So that you can fully understand it. Hallelujah. It is of no use just reading your Bible and reading your Bible, but you don't stop and meditate. Where there stands, and prophet preached about Selah. You remember? You have to stop and meditate on the word to understand it fully. What does it mean? And if you don't understand, don't just walk away from it. Explore and find out what it means so that you can walk in that revelation. Because it's the revelation that gives you the victory in your life. Amen. Right. Verse 18. Now this, Jesus says, I'm going to explain to you the parable of the sower. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When everyone hears the word of the kingdom. Verse 18. Matthew 13 verse 18. say. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When everyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and he snatches away what was sown in his heart. That is he who receives seed by the wayside. Now, if you sit in church and you listen to the word of God, the word of God is seed. It is what I speak now. It is sown into your heart. So I am now a I'm a, 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 a farmer. I'm sowing seed in you. Hallelujah. So, if you do not understand what I've said so far, you must stop me so that I can explain it to you. Because if you don't know and understand what I'm saying, that not, does not belong to you. And the devil comes and he steals it away immediately. And you will not even remember it. Amen. First point, what he says in that, he says he hears the word like you do and I do. He does not understand it. Knowledge you don't understand don't belong to you. Amen. The wicked one destroys it out of your heart before it can even establish itself in your heart. Hallelujah. Even if you tell this person by the stripes of Jesus Christ you are healed and made whole, it is meaningless. He doesn't understand it. It's, it's just a word. Hallelujah. What are you talking about? And I remember when I got saved, when people say to me, uh, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. What? What are you talking about? By the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Sorry. And to me, it was a thing. How can stripes heal me? But it's not the stripes, it's what Jesus did for us on the cross, hallelujah, that healed us, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And usually this person is not born again. And I want to say something profound now that, and please do not judge me, I say it in love. Many people sit in church, but they don't even know they are lost. They sit in church, they don't even know they are not saved. It is important that you need to know that you are saved. Because if you do not understand the word, I will get myself, if I don't understand it, and things doesn't work out to me and I can't grasp it, I would rather go on my knees and say, Lord, I want to take you as my Lord and my Savior today and repent of all things and reestablish me so that I can understand your word. Hallelujah. That I know I am born again, I'm in a good place. Amen. And it's your responsibility, amen. Only you can take you to heaven, nobody else. You can be preached, preached and hear and hear and be puffed up with knowledge, but it means nothing to you, hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things 
of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Amen. All right, Matthew 13, verse 20. Matthew 13, verse 20. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receiveth with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation and persecution arrives because of the word, immediately he stumbles. He also hears the word, immediately receives it with joy, yet he had no root in him. Not filled with the word. There's no Bible inside of him, no word inside of him. Amen. No relationship with the Creator. That is what it tells me. Hallelujah. No relationship. And that person, when something comes up and persecution comes, everything falls down. Hallelujah. When pressure comes, he fails and suppressed. And instead of pressure should reveal him, it presses him down. Because if you're a born-again Christian, pressure must never, never destroy you. It must reveal you as a child of God. It is written. It is written. Hallelujah. This person don't know who he is in Christ. Who agrees? Amen. Verse 22. Now he receives seed among the thorns as he who hears the word. And the cares of the world and deceitful riches choke the word and becomes unfruitful. He also hears the word. But the cares of the world, the worries of the world, my finances and everything, because if people's life is a mess, the marriages and the pressure of SARS and pressure you have to pay your bills and things like that, that worries. If I tell you, listen, my God supplied to all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, you laugh for me and you walk away. Because you will not understand it. Because that destroys and makes the words powerless in your life. And the deceitful riches it talks about, it is people that are very rich and you come to them and tell them, listen, everything you have, you are blessed with. And it's not you doing it. It's provided for. And you will laugh at you, man. Listen, I'm self-sufficient. I don't need God. I have me, myself, and I. Those evil triplets... <laughs> Yo. That is the one that you need to destroy. I have to die in those three. Me, myself, and I. Amen. Now that word will be unfruitful for them, whatever you says. And I can testify to you when I went up to my, uh, Moriah in, a, in a Israel. When I got to the top with a cable car, fear struck me. Listen, my mind just said to me, just jump. Get it over, get it over. Just jump, get it over. I was so fearful. No word comes to mind. I couldn't fight. All my mindset is jump, jump. I tried to override my mind. It was not possible. And eventually I got somebody just to hold tight to me so that I don't jump. Bigger than me. And then eventually when the cable car came back, I went into the cable car, and when I sat, suddenly calmness came over me. And the Spirit of God came upon me, and I said, Devil, I have overcome you by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. God hasn't given me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Therefore, you go from me now in the name of Jesus. I was set free from fear instantly because I said, Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me, and the perfect love cast out all fear. Hallelujah. Now the word became fruitful. Now I was revealed as a son of God. But before, no. Hallelujah. And I had to get over that place to be that son. When pressure comes, it reveals me. Don't press me down. Hallelujah. James 1, 16 to 17 says, Do not be deceived. Hear what it says. Do not be deceived. For those people that are rich... 
People think that they are self-sufficient. My beloved brethren, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Hallelujah. Everything you have is from Him. Doesn't matter if you're saved or not saved. Verse 23 of Matthew 13. Matthew 13, verse 23. Scripture. Look what's the first word. But. But usually cancel all the others. Is that correct? But. Now I'm speaking about me. I speak about you. Hallelujah. It says. But he who receives seed on good ground. Are you good ground? Yes. Hallelujah. Is he who hears the word and understand it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some, hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirtyfold. Hallelujah. Yes. That is me. Hallelujah. Hey? Yes, Hallelujah. So now, listen what it says in verse 44. I want to show you something, and this is powerful, and I always tell people, the Bible has got hidden treasures. Amen. Hidden treasures. You have to go look for them and put the scriptures together to get the revelation and to get the treasure out. It is like treasure hunting. That's what making the Bible so amazing. When you find that treasure, listen what it says. The parable of the hidden treasure. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field with a man found, it, found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. That's what I did. This book... actually needs four security guards. Because this is a big treasure. People think they hide their money and their jewels and their gold and their silver and their things like that. This is worth more. Worth more. Worth more. And the best thing of it all, it doesn't say work for it, it says believe for it. Hallelujah. So faith is your currency of heaven. Faith is your currency of heaven. Hallelujah. He gave us his word. I'm going to do, and I'm going to show you something as Christians, what God gave us. I mean, I've just put a couple of things together so that you can understand. Because everything, and you cannot say, God, but you haven't done this for me, you haven't done this. No. Nonsense. Everything is in the Word of God. And I just took a couple. You have to do your own research and find the rest for yourself. Hallelujah. So I'm giving you the small ones. He gave us His Word. 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17. All Scripture. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. So you are fully equipped and you are called according to Isaiah 43. God says you are called, you are mine, you belong to me. So if you say you are not caught, you lie. Go and read Desire 43. And Joshua 1.8 says, Do not, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in the day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Do you want to profit? Profit, be profitable? 
Do you want good success? Meditate on the Word of God. That meditation means to ponder it, to shout it. The word, Hebrew word for that is Hagar. Ponder it, shout it, roar it, scream it, preach it. Hallelujah. Don't be shy. The Bible says the, bold, the righteous is as bold as a lion. So if you say, I can't speak, you're not righteous. Get yourself righteous. Hallelujah. And become bold as a lion. Amen. He gave us Jesus, John 3, 16. And you all know that. Hallelujah. For we can say together, For God so loved the world, He gave us His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God is for you. Who can be against you? He gave us all things. Romans 8.32. He says, I gave you Jesus. How much more will I not give you all things? Come on. If you just take that scripture, it is mind-boggling. If you think of it, he says, I gave you Jesus like he just said now, John 3.16. How much more will I not give you all things? If he took the ultimate price, which is the ultimate price, then the rest is for nothing. I mean, as, as if it's nothing, why will he not give you all the other things? Meditate, think of it. Powerful God that wants to bless you, to prosper you. Hallelujah. He gave us the ability to become sons. John 1, 1, verse 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the one of the will of man, but of God. Hallelujah. He gave us power and power over the unclean spirits. Matthew 10, 1. Matthew 10, 1. Computer, work in Jesus' name. Right, that's got stuck, so let us read. Matthew 10, 1. And when he had called his, the 12 disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Hallelujah. That is power over. Then he gave us power and authority over unclean spirits. Hallelujah. Luke 9, verse 1. And then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure all diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Power and authority is delegated power given to a person that is in authority. So you cannot have authority if you're not under authority. And we are in authority, under the authority of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. And as he say go, it's go. Hallelujah. You walk in authority. As he is, so are we. He gave us authority so that nothing will harm you. Luke 10 verse 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He made us kings and priests. Revelation 5 verse 10. And he has made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on this earth. We are supposed to take hold of this earth and rule it. But we don't. We don't. We let weather dictate for us. We let storms dictate for us. We let everything of this world come and destroy our everything that we have. Amen. But instead, we can stand up against the weather and speak to the weather. We can speak to storms. We can command it to be still in the name of Jesus. Jesus did that on the sea. He demonstrated for us how to operate. So when a storm comes in your life, you can make it still. Be still in the name of Jesus. Don't let the storm destroy you and make the word unfruitful in your life because the storm has got the ability to do that. Unless you reveal yourself in that, you will not 
destroy me in the name of Jesus. And I take authority and power over you now. And I destroy your works in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 4 says, where the king speaks, there's power. So when the king speaks and he says to the guys, dig a trench there, he doesn't go and fetch the, the spade. He leave it to those people to do it. Hallelujah. He commanded, they do. You speak, they do. And I'm talking about the devils. Amen. He gave us faith. 1 Peter 1, 7 to 9. That the genuineness of your faith be much more. Listen to what he says. Much more than precious gold that perishes. Though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen you in love, though now you have, you do not seem yet believing. You rejoice with joy, expressive ability, and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Faith is your currency for, of heaven. Amen. He gave us health. 1 Peter 2 verse 24, For he himself bore our sins on, on, on his own body on the tree, that we have died for, to our sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we are healed. He has blessed us. The blessings of the Lord makes riches, and he brings no sorrow to it. Ability to create, create wealth. Deuteronomium 8 verse 18, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it's he who gives you the power to get wealth. He gave us the power to imitate him. Ephesians 1, verse 5, verse 1. He says, be imitators of me. Hallelujah. Be imitators of me. So I need to know his manual to imitate him. I need to speak like him. I need to operate like him. I need to heal like him. I need to prophesy like him. I need to be exactly who he is. And he's my dad. He says, as he is, so am I. Hallelujah. Now we come to the part which I want to speak about. I've given you a foundation. You cannot say I don't have. Hallelujah. Luke 6 verse 38 says, the first word there is, give. Not stand with your hands ready. He says, you give. Give. And it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Amen. Mike, it may take you a year maybe more, to receive. But when you receive the fullness of this revelation of this word today, things will start to happen immediately in your life. Immediately. Because I live that and I can testify. And as I go forth, I will testify to you how God works. And I, I want you today just... Don't think to receive this word. Say, Lord, teach me this word that it manifests in my life. I don't want to just hear this word, but teach me this way of yours, your kingdom rules, so that I can apply it in my life. And hear my voice, it will change your life. Because God wants to brag through you. He wants to show that he's alive. And he wants to bless you, overflowing. Hallelujah. There's four types of giving in the Bible. Let's start with the first one. The first one is giving your tithes and your offerings. Then the second one is giving of your first fruits. Three is your charitable, charitable, charitable giving, your alms giving. And the fourth one is your seed giving. Hallelujah. Now let's go to Malachi 3 verse 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what have I robbed you? 
in tithes and offerings. Sorry. In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation, says God. Bring all your tithes to the storers, that there may be meat in my house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room enough in your place. Now, tithes and offerings. Tithes is 10% of what you've earned. Hallelujah. Now, I've learned something powerful of this. If I receive any money, doesn't matter how big, doesn't matter how small, because I know God tests me continuously if my heart is in a good place. If I get money, I take 10% out of it immediately. I transfer it to the storehouse where I get fed. And this is Divine Restoration Ministries. This is my house. Hallelujah. So I pay my tithes immediately, yeah? And when offering comes, my offering comes to this house. I don't sow it in any other place. I don't divide it. I don't share it with other persons in the congregation or another place or other person in, in, in another place. No. I pay my tithes, yeah. Hallelujah. Because this church has got an obligation. It needs to pay the pastors. It needs to pay the water and lights. It needs to pay the, 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 the gardener. It needs to look after this premises. Hallelujah. It's got overheads. If that offering, that tithe of God doesn't come in, how can the church survive? You are going to be responsible standing in front of God. And he says, you have robbed me. Now I've learned something. A person that robs is a thief. I, it's not me. The Bible says that. And the Bible says, no thief enters my kingdom. To me, or rather honor God, pay his tithes and negotiate with people outside. That's easier than to take something that belongs to God. You know, many of us were bad stewards in our lives. I was one. I put up my arms. I can actually put up both. I was bad, a bad steward with money. I bought what I want, not what I needed. And that made me a bad steward because I still got lots of stuff that is want that's lying around in my house doing nothing. But that was my wants. But the needs today I use. And God blesses me because I use my money for my needs and His needs. I don't look after myself for finance. I don't need money. I need money to survive, for, of course. God gave me some money. But I, I, I want to forward the gospel. To me, it is important to reach those people that is lost. I'd rather spend that on people that needs the gospel and get blessed in heaven for that. I gathered everything in heaven for myself. That one day when I will walk in there and God says, there is my son, Kobus, whom I love and care for. Hallelujah. I want to hear that words. You must too. Amen. And he says that 10% belongs to me. So we will not rob God in this church. Hallelujah. We will pay our tithes. And listen to me. And if you think you pay your tithes, the devil will first thing will tell you, no, you're not going to pay this and you won't be able to pay this. You will not be able to pay this. Listen to me. When you pay your tithes and your offerings the right way, immediately your natural becomes supernatural. Because God can work for you now. But if you don't do it the right way, the right sequence, you destroy the power and the ability of the blessing thereof. If you pay only three quarters of your tithes, you've destroyed the blessing thereof. Ananias and Sapphira. Remember? <laughs> Amen. It's easy to do that. It's easy to let God intervene in your life because He's the one that can see what you need. He's the one that can change your circumstances for you immediately. You haven't got that ability. I've tried that and I've seen that I am not that capable to do it. But with Him, I've seen every cha everything changed in my life. 
Listen to me, everything changed. When I started to use his principle, pay my tithes and my offerings and the rest that I'm going to explain to you now, my life financially has changed. I show my wife sometimes what people pay into my account and she says, listen, you must phone those people. It's impossible a person can pay that amount of money in your account. There's something wrong. I say, no, my God's right. He looks after me. Amen. And God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your finances. And the blessing comes upon your finances in your life when you do it the right way. You cannot open your boot and start your car from the boot. Correct? You have to put it in ignition. It's got the same sequences as well. Hallelujah. And you will not be able to drive your car starting it from the boot. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And this has nothing to do with prophet that stands here, the pastor that stands here. It's got nothing to do with you. You're not paying to the pastor, you're paying to God. He's got nothing to do with it. It's you are paying, and it's a God. The, the key to this is obedience. The key to paying tithes and offerings is obedience. God, look at your heart. You have it? Are you still blessed? Yes. It's a shame if we can't support our church with our tithes and our offerings. It's really a shame that the church must battle to look at the end of the month and say, how, how? But they have to go on their knees and pray to God and ask God to thank you to intervene, knowing they don't look at you, they look at God. He's the provider. And I've learned that as well. I don't go and I ask people, I ask my God, he provides. And I want to tell you something interesting quickly before I carry on. Tithes and offerings. A person one day asked me, how can I increase my salary? I said, it's very easy. It's useless to go to, useless to, go to your boss. Hear me? He's got excuses. He's like, some places they look for excuses before they pay. Can't mention names. But you take your tithes, and if you want a 20% increase in your salary, increase your tithes with 20%. Now by faith you stand and believe that 20%. And there was a guy that came to me and he asked me how, and I gave him this principle. He came back not long, one month after that, he came back, tears in his eyes. He says, you won't believe what happened. I did exactly what you said. I increased my tithes. Supernaturally, my boss increased my salary. And not only that, he gave me a large bonus. God. Not his boss. God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a praise quickly. Thank you, Jesus. Malachi 3, verse 11 and 12, he says, And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast a fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. All and all the nations shall call you blessed, and you shall be a delightsome land, says the Lord of hosts. Can you, stay, can you see? I want you to picture something. Have you seen the people where they get ground? Have you seen those cues? Can you see the devil in between of them? He's standing in the queue to get his ground because he's going to be jobless. God removes him from everything that belongs to you. So he cannot take your stuff anymore. He stands and he waits for his ground in a queue. Hallelujah. Amen. Because God devours him. And listen, when it's famine, you will still have a harvest. You will not be without a salary. You will have a harvest. Isaac sowed in famine and he reaped hundredfold. Because he believed God. When Angus sowed a, a, a farm full of potatoes in famine and he received a supernatural harvest by faith. Hallelujah. Recession will bypass you. It will not touch you. Hear me? It will bypass you. It will not touch you. 
Nor shall the vine of your find the vine fall to bear fruit from your field. It will produce a harvest. The second one, your first fruits, Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all thy increases. Okay. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, thy precious shall burst out with new wine. Amen. Then Romans 11, 16 says, For it is, for if the fruit is, first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root is holy, so are the branches. And we are the branches on the true vine. Amen. Now your first fruits, hear me now. Your first fruits is to show God you're generous. Now, you can take your first fruits, you can take an amount of your salary, you can take like a tenth out of your salary if you want to, doesn't matter, and use that. But I want to say something to you. God is looking at your heart, and I have learned something from the Bible and with the Word of God. When I sit here in church and they say offering, suddenly an amount comes to mind. Say it's 100 rand. I pay that 100 rand immediately. Because when I get that amount, it doesn't belong to me anymore. That amount belongs to God because God said to me, give that amount. So I cannot not pay that. I must pay that because God gave me that amount. Now I want to say to you, same thing with your first fruits. If you want to come first fruits and you want to pay in tithe, like similar, you can give that tithe to the church or you can give it to your pastor. You're obligated to do it on both sides. Hallelujah. And you will be blessed. That key of it is generosity. How generous are you? Now, I want to, to tell you something. When God tells me something and He says, empty your account and pay it to that person's account, I don't even hesitate. I just do it immediately. Within, I've seen it where God says to me something and I do it and I pay somebody and sometimes two hours later, somebody pays 11 times that amount in my account. The next day, maybe six times, maybe 10 times, maybe 20 times. I don't mind to have nothing in my account. I mind if the, may, the people I look at, do they have food? Because I know my God supplied to all my needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So if my account's empty, I've got a field that I've sown. I've got a harvest waiting for me. I know I'm going to reap that harvest. I don't even doubt it. So when I'm in need, I say, Lord, I bring in that harvest now in the name of Jesus. I'm in need of finances, this amount, and it gets paid in my account. I ask, I get. Because God says I'm faithful with finances. Hallelujah. I sow, I reap. I sow, I reap. Right. Nehemiah says, 10 verse 35, and bring the first fruits of your ground and the first fruits of all your fruit of all trees year by year to the house of the Lord. Or verse 36, also the first fruit, firstborn of your sons and of the cattle, it is written in the law, and the firstlings of your herds and of all the flocks to bring to the house of God or to the priests that minister in the house of God. The motivation of this one, generosity. I'm generous. Hallelujah. Say, I'm generous. generous. I am very generous. Are you? Praise the year. All right, now the, the third one. The alms and chari charitable giving. Matthew 6, verse 1 to 4. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do your charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, 
that they may have glory from men. As surely I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do the charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will himself reward you openly. Why do you give charitable seeds? Because you have compassion towards other people. Hallelujah. This giving, you do in secret, you tell nobody. Why? It is to protect the person's need and that person. You don't want to exp- Hey, yes, did you say I gave to Graham because he's in need and I know he's suffering. I'm telling the whole world. But it's not like that, Graham. It is example. Now, I've told everybody, because I want to be known, I am a giver. No, you don't tell anybody. You just give and keep silent. Just say nothing. Say nothing. Say nothing. Say nothing. Hallelujah. This is to give to mankind only that is in need, and whoever the Spirit is leading you to give. Now, look at Proverbs 19, verse 17. He that pitieth upon the poor lendeth to the Lord, and that which he has given, he will repay him again. Ha! So, whatever money that guy pay, it gets repaid. It might have an increase. It might be just replaced. But it gets replaced. It is a promise. It's a law. Amen. So just give, and it will be given unto you. Press down, shaken together. Hallelujah. Right, now we come to the fourth one. Mark 4 verse 3, the giving of seed. Now this is a place where money is overflowing on your behalf. Hallelujah. Now your faith comes in action here. And I'll explain to you what I've done that works. Mark 4 verse 3 says, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And other fell on good ground and yielded fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30, some 60, and some hundredfold. Hallelujah. That is where the money is and the overflow of blessings is. This seed we give in faith for a reward. Hallelujah. You don't have to go and look for it to raise it, it brought forth some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Now, I want to tell you something. I wanted something from God the first time when I needed something to, Lord, show me how your kingdom principle works. I have sold my car to buy my first combi, to work for the gospel. But and I had a difference that I needed to, to pay that was outstanding. At that moment, I had money, but I didn't want to use that. I said, Lord, I have the ability to pay it finish, but teach me your ways. You pay my vehicle finish. I sowed a seed in church towards that, to have a harvest. I mean, you can, a, a, a farmer cannot stand next to a field and he's planted nothing and expect a harvest. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to plant something to receive harvest. It is not the amount of money. Listen to me, people. It's not the amount of money. It's your heart and your faith that works here. You hear? Don't let people manipulate you. You must pay this. I was at a place where I preached and the guy afterward, the pastor jumped up and he says, hey, the Lord says, you must give me 500 rand, he's going to give you 500,000 rand. He says, this one, you must give me 6,000 rand, he's going to give you a car. <laughs> no. God's testing your heart and your faith towards that. It's when you want something and I said, Lord, now show me that this works. And I sowed a mountain church. I wrote on it, this is my seat towards my God to be paid off fully in Jesus' name. Two months when it's passed, I had still had to pay the payment. Then, after the second month, I received 
uh, paid payment in my account, SARS, SARS, SARS paid my vehicle for me. Amen. The amount that came in was 800 rand more than the amount I needed. So God gave me fuel, uh, money for fuel as well. And it was paid. Amen. Then I never stopped. I've seen it works. Then I asked the Lord for a tent. I want a 300-seater tent. I want seats in it, 250 seats in it. And on top it must be written, in God is supernatural. I've drawn it. I've had the picture, everything. And I went to another guy that was preaching in a location. And I went there to see if this guy is legit. But he was. Powerful man. 10,000 people. I was the only white person in the church that day. In 10,000 seats, I was the only white person. The next day, I went there again and I said, Lord, now I'm going to sow into this ministry so I can receive from my ministry. I want that tent. And I took money and I put it on and I wrote his word on it. My God supplied to all his needs, to all my needs, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, according to Mark 11, verse 24 says, Whatsoever I ask in prayer when I pray like now, I received that tent. Now it belongs to me. It is my portion and it, I have it now in Jesus' name. And I put money in that envelope and I, when it came past, I saw that money. And I sat and there's Graham, he can testify. I told all the people in the cell group, I've got a tent. And they said, where's your tent? I said, I can't tell you now, it's a secret, but I've got inside information. Now, next time I come... I've got a tent. I tell them I've got a tent. They say, where's your tent? I can't tell you now. It's a secret, but I've got inside information. And then one day, the one guy stood up and said, course, now enough of this inside information and secrets of yours. Where's your tent? <laughs> I says, I have a tent, but I wait for the manifestation. He said, why didn't you tell me this long ago? I want to buy you a tent, and you tell me you have a tent, you have a tent, you have a tent. <laughs> Hallelujah. And after the cell group, he says, come, now we drive. And he bought me the tent, exactly what I want, with exactly the chairs. And God, with, God is supernatural on the tent. Hallelujah. Praise the year. So I can tell you now, listen to me. The money thing is in your hands. Not in God's hands. Don't go on your knee and cry for money. It's in your hands. Your hands. Because God wants you to believe Him. And He says, I am a rewarder for those who diligently seek me. For it's impossible to please Him with him without faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says. It's impossible, impossible, impossible. So make it possible and seek Him, believe Him, and you will receive. Hallelujah. So how, I, I can tell you now, listen, that's how I live, by faith. When I sow, I don't even mind. It's money doesn't matter to me anymore. It matters because I receive it again. It doesn't bother me if my account is full or empty. I know it's getting full again. Doesn't matter when, but when I'm in need, I can just go and say, Lord, I thank you. I need this amount for this job. Just provide. Sometimes I just say, Lord, provide for this. I'm, I'm going to have this outreach. And he provides. I told you many, for many places, one day I went for an outreach I was supposed to preach in Tabanchu, and my combi was loaded with all the, uh, 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 the tent, uh, the chairs and the trailer, I had the, the stage in, I had everything in, and I had to go and preach in Tabanchu, but I had no money. But I had to put petrol in my vehicle to drive there. And... I said, Lord, I've got a credit card. I don't use it. Because I haven't got the ability to service it. I haven't got a fixed job that I say I have an income that I can pay it. And I said, okay. But today I'm going to use 400 rand of this. I'm going to take 200 rand, put petrol, go there. I'm going to there, stop, drink, buy a bottle of water, whatever. And then coming back, the rest of the money I'm going to put in for fuel. And I went to the garage there at that engine garage or towards Tabanchu. I stopped there put in 200 rands petrol, and I drove. When I came to the airport, my telephone, my toot, 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 I did the wrong thing. Open my phone. 
and somebody paid 5,000 rand to my account. God. You see, he tested me by my heart. Are you going to throw tantrums now, say I'm not going? Or are you going that I can supply to your needs? And listen, he's a God. He's not all El Puro. He's El Shaddai. He's the God of more than enough. Hallelujah. And he provides for you. But there's the keys, like I've said, tithes and offerings. It's obedience. Almsgiving. There's secrets and keys towards it. But if you use the keys wrong towards it, don't expect a harvest to come to you. Please, you don't go buy at Spar and pay at Pick and Pay. That's where people, most people do the, the, the wrong thing. You have to pay the place where you submit under. Your house. Your house. Your house. Because you cannot sow on concrete. Concrete will not give you harvest. Concrete will not give you harvest. You have to know, you need to know that the place where you sow, that is good soil. I can tell you this is good soil. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you receive this morning? Hallelujah. Are you excited? Hallelujah. Listen to a person that was not obedient, that was battling to listen to what things is happening. Let's see what Naaman did in the Bible in two kings. Two kings five. I'm going to read from one verse. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord hath given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, valor, but a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, If only my master will, were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and this said the girl who was of Israel, the land of Israel. Then the king of Syria said, Go now, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, ten changes of clothing, and happened when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how this, he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elijah, the man of God, heard what the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent to the king saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not Abana and the Fafar, the rivers of Damascus, better than the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be Clean, clean. So he turned and went away in rage. You see obedience. He didn't, he didn't grasp what's happening. Hallelujah. And his servant came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? Look. So when he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Hallelujah. Obedience to the word of God. Obedience is better than sacrifice. When you apply obedience in your life, your life changes. When you apply the word of God, it's written, it changes your life. But if you do it your way, like the Bible says in Jeremiah 17, verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord your God 
then things will change for you. But trust in man. Expect no harvest. Expect your life is a mess. So don't make people your arm of rest. Make God His arm of rest and your life will change. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Can you stand up? Let's give a lot of praise. Hallelujah. And while the worship team goes up, we can do our offering. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you excited that you received this morning? Are you going to apply it? Hallelujah. So I'll just give you the summary that the tithe is there to protect you from recession and depression and to keep the windows of heaven open for your sake and to chase away the devourer on your behalf. It is better to have 90% blessed than 100% cursed. First fruit, say to God, he is not, you are not controlled by money and giving to God is gratitude for giving him extra. Hallelujah. Alms giving, let me just be a blessing to the people and keep the dignity of people. It's embarrassing for people that others know their circumstances or their crisis. Hallelujah. The seed one, the surest way to stop poverty in your life, this seed is the quickest way of debt cancellation. Debt cancellation. Now I want to tell you something, and I know some of you have got debt. I want you to take a shoebox. Take a shoebox. Take an A4 paper. Write on that big debt-free, the first page. Okay? Take all your debt that you've got and pack them in that box. But first, write them underneath on a piece of paper. Then you put all that debt in that box. You put on top of that, debt free. You can actually make that the lid of the box, debt free. Amen. Then you repent of being a bad steward. And then you take those one by one and you say, Lord, teach me. Like Quibus has told you us how to function. I want you to teach me the same ways so that I can be debt free. Now, by faith, I, I tell you now, listen, start to sow, get harvest, and trust God and you will see the supernatural God, the God of the impossible, make the things possible and doable and you will see debt free that one day and you will jump up and down and sing praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen.